0: what's up everything well our spirits were up until tonight at least two huge wins gave blues fans something to be optimistic about for the first time all season but tonight a dismantling at the hands of the minnesota wild brought us right back down to earth what are we to make of this week and who are we to blame we'll answer both those questions ahead so let's get started and let's go blues welcome back everyone this is the two guys no cup podcast it is saturday night november the third the blues have just lost in epic fashion to the minnesota wild five to one and we are coming to you from a place that i did not determine in advance it's cold in here i guess
1: Arctic tundra of Russia, because that's how cold my heart is for this team.
0: Ooh, Ian saves it at the last moment. Uh, We do want to apologize. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties on our side, so we have to share a mic at the moment. Um, So if it sounds a little echoey or distant, we apologize. It's what we can do tonight. Amazon does not have same-hour shipping, (laughs) (laughs) so um gotta
1: get on them drones baby
0: yes i agree we're gonna try and figure that out before next episode uh if it takes longer than that bear with us but for the meantime we're here we're doing our best um much like the blues (laughs) except not really no uh so yeah i guess we can just launch in with some news and notes from around the league. I suppose I could send you the show notes. That might be appreciated. Hey, not. you're fine. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning made a signing this week. They signed Yanni Gord, their young forward, uh, to a ridiculous contract, as they are wont to do. Uh, It was six years, $5.166 million for a player who is currently performing at a point-per-game pace. That's pretty good. (laughs) I guess it wasn't Steve Iserman's voodoo magic this time, because it's not him at the helm anymore. So it was Julian was crazy magic what do you think about signing yanni gord to as an addition to that core for 5.1 million dollars ian
1: i mean that's pretty cheap for a guy that's getting you a point per game so i mean i think it's worth it five years you said so yeah i don't know i don't know where he six came years actually. six Excuse years me. Yeah. i don't know where he came from did they draft him is he young yeah i mean he, he, he kind of appeared.
0: he was like a big deal last year yeah but i will look up where what his origin story is okay. he was bit by a radioactive <laughs> <Yeah>. gourd
1: <laughs> very good
0: uh, he is canadian i didn't Weird. expect that he is 26
1: see that's what i thought I'm very I heard. confused I thinking that he wasn't he very, was
0: undrafted um... and then stuff happened
1: They've had luck with undrafted players. I guess so. He's the new Martian San Luis. Wasn't uh, Johnson? Johnson wasn't drafted either.
0: Oh, is that true? Yeah, I think so. Their scouting department's off the chain. You had the show notes now, by the way. You can tell how organized we are here tonight. Um, I've
1: got the one game, and that's all I need.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Yanni Gord will be playing for them, and I don't think they'll ever have to break up this core at all in any way. Um
1: But can it win a cup?
0: I don't know, but when I look at the Eastern Conference, I you know, I'm not trying to crap on the uh maple leafs necessarily, but the idea that they're considered like runaway favorites by the Canadian media media mm. is pretty laughable to me considering what Tampa Bay has built. They have better goaltending and better defense and a forward group that I think is just as strong if not stronger, than the Maple Leafs group.
1: I'm just waiting for them to do something. I'm waiting for them to win a cup. They feel like they've had a pretty large window, and it mm-hmm. seems like it's still going to be there, but it seems like every year when it comes to the Eastern Conference, I want to pick the Tampa Bay Lightning to win, and I'm slowly working myself away from that because they just never do. Or maybe they do and they just don't win the Stanley Cup in certain years. I I'm sure they will eventually, but it seems like They're running out of time, but they're not really running out of time because they have their large window, but I'm just waiting for them to convert on that window because they have the firepower, they have the D. I agree, I think they're better than the Toronto Maple Leafs at this point. They're more seasoned than the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I still, I'm put up or shut up, Tampa Bay. Put up or shut up.
0: I agree. And speaking of putting up or shutting up, the Nashville Predators put up. $10 Ten million dollars to shut up their new their <laughs> ancient Golden Becker. Shut Rene. up, Rene. You know uh, how
1: talkative he is. Yes,
0: that's a five million dollar annual average value over two seasons. Um, I think that's a good move. I don't know. I thought they were ready to transition into Sarah's time, but he's been a little shaky with Rene on the shelf early this season. I think it's gonna be a pretty like an increasing time split there. Mm-hmm. But for now, I think it's a fine move, I guess. I mean, you need a goalie. God knows you uh, need a goaltender. Yeah. Um, so, good news for them, I guess. And we can just hop on to the Blues news, which isn't great. Uh, the positive news is that Robbie Fabry, Carl Gunnarsson, and hypothetically Nikita Sashnikov returned this week, although Nikita Sashnikov did not return. Um, he has not yet returned to the lineup. Uh, but the other two have, and Fabry's looked pretty good, we'll obviously talk about it, and I think Gunnarsson's looked fine. Um, in the process of making those moves, Jacob Jerebeck was waived and shockingly not claimed, so mm-hmm. he made it to San Antonio. And Jordan Cairo was uh, sent to San Antonio, which I didn't want, but I think maybe is the right move. What do you mm-hmm. think about it?
1: I like it that he's just going to get way more ice time get like you know 17 18 minutes I would hope down in San Antonio because up here he was just getting I mean when he was on the second line sort of first line he was getting some time but I don't think he was ever breaking 15 minutes and it's a harder league yeah played some AHL time at the end of last year I think
0: uh I know for a fact that he just scored his first professional goal on an empty net so I don't I mean that doesn't mean he couldn't have just played and not scored last year
1: yeah But I, I think it's good for him because you can see that he has NHL skill. I think it's very different. I saw a few people say, oh, this is like another another Tyratty scenario. And I was like, no, man, if you watch any of the games, you can see the NHL skill. This guy's got more NHL skill than Tage Thompson ever showed me mm-hmm. either in like any of the 50-plus games he played last year probably. Yeah, he'll be here. They just need some time with him. And we've got players that are proven at the NHL level, and especially for a team, i will kind of backtracking on opinions I had before a little, bit, especially for a team that's kind of floundering here, mm-hmm. you you kind of just have to put in the proven guys. That doesn't mean old people that stink on this team, but proven guys I that wonder who, win you games. I wonder who you're subtly referring to there. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, and the final bit of Blues news is that Mike Yo is still head coach for the moment. Uh, we'll see. Oh! Uh, Maybe we'll get to break news... We won't get to break news. Live Maybe we'll podcast. get to break news live on the podcast so that people can listen to it on, like, Monday or Tuesday when it's well known.
1: But I doubt it. Um, I think we should still make calls. I said a couple weeks ago that Mike Yeo would be fired for sure under some scenarios, that either the scenarios didn't come to fruition or I was just wrong. Probably both. I'm going to say if we lose on... Tuesday there's a 50 percent chance Mike yes Mike. He,
0: he cannot have a losing skid the rest of the season
1: oh I honestly no, yeah. think.
0: like he can, of like three or more games mm-hmm. I think he's screwed so we, we play Carolina Carolina's gonna stomp they're good. stomp us right now the way they're playing and I could see it being the end for him I don't I just
1: Two days off after that stinker, and they say there's so much... We'll talk about it, but there's so much after tonight's game of them saying, we need a response, we need a response. And mm-hmm. if there is no response, that's... It's, it's got to be time. On, I don't. Right? Here's right? the
0: thing. I don't understand, and we'll talk about this with Alan, too. It's not fair to really... It's not totally fair to scapegoat either of those guys. But I don't understand how Doug Armstrong would let either of those guys ruin everything he built this season. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for Jay Bo to be fair. You know, like, I don't see how he doesn't take pretty swift action before this thing gets out of hand. You know, they say, we talked about last year, that like 70% of the teams that are in the playoffs, 70% of the time the playoffs Mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving or the playoff standings at the end of the year. We're at the bottom of the league right now. And... Mike Yo is notorious for January swoons. He's had one every season he's been a head coach except when he took over a team in January. So I just don't I it's not looking good, <laughs> you know. If we rolled through even if today had been you know, we talked about it when we were having dinner tonight, but even even if today had been a loss, but like a respectable loss, yeah. then you could at least be like, okay, they're headed in the right direction. That Tonight felt much, much more like, oh, they're just right back where they started. Mm. We had the hot return game against Chicago, and then we played Vegas, who are just a bad team right now that are down their two best players, not counting their goaltender, and we beat them. Mm. Not all that convincing way, I don't think. I That's maybe not
1: fair. It was they, a pretty good they win. Fine, but, like, but it wasn't like a slot or But it anything. was a bad
0: team. Like, yeah. that's the thing I don't think people are realizing about Vegas is they're a lot like us in that they're ice cold. They're also not scoring, which we're actually doing or had been doing before tonight. And they're down Stasny and Pacioretty right now. So... You've got that, so well we can go into the games now and just talk about them a little bit in turn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will when we get to tonight's game. We'll kind of talk about whether it's a bump in the road or something worse, and it's something worse. <laughs> uh, in on what was this last Saturday wow. when we played Chicago? Yeah. We've played so few games in. So far in the <laughs> schedule, it feels weird. Okay, uh, we open the scoring with an awesome Ryan O'Reilly goal uh, on a pass from uh, Colton pareco or excuse me, Zach Sanford. Uh, an extraordinary pass through Duncan Keith and Ryoki Harju and whatever the hell Cahoon's first name is. <laughs> um, man, it was a really pretty goal. That line is firing right now, or at least it had been before today's game. Um, that was a beautiful goal. Patrick Kane equalized shortly thereafter. Um, I'm, I don't want to scapegoat Jake Allen, but,
1: <laughs> but there's every a but. goal
0: he allowed in this game was awful. Like not even just kind of bad. They were all awful. This one was the most kind of bad of the three of them. And I still think it was really bad. Uh, Sod carried it in and dumped to an Isim off who passed to Kane. Admittedly, uh, Schwartz and Edmondson don't touch him, and that's not a player you should give any space to. Um, But to me, Allen's positioning is awful on this. He might be a little screened, but half of his net is open, and it's the half that's easiest for him to shoot at. Like, I don't... Mm -hmm. I just... I I couldn't excuse it as much as I wanted to. and Maybe I don't want to at this point, but... There wasn't any foothold there for me to be like, no, not really his fault, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Zach Sanford scored his third goal of the season. He uh, was assisted by Perron and O'Reilly, who has his 10th assist already at this point, and I'm sure has had more since Mm -hmm. then. I think he... Did he have one tonight? He might have. Oh, no, he had the goal tonight. I think he's up
1: to 12 assists,
0: though. So... they stayed, apparently, after practice a couple times recently for, like, 30 extra minutes just working on their chemistry, which is awesome. I don't know who's leading the charge on that out of the three of them or if it's mutual, but...
1: Probably what
0: a, What a, like, freakish Frankenstein pairing that is. If I told you before the season that at any point, even if we're done and it was just, like, a game or two that at any point Zach Sanford, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron would be the red hottest line on the St. Louis Blues. Would you have believed me?
1: No, but I wouldn't have believed that was a possible line on the first. You wouldn't place. have believed
0: Zach Sanford was in the NHL, Yeah.
1: Like, so no, no no. Um why is Ryan O'Reilly down <laughs> playing with the Rampage?
0: Exactly. Uh <laughs> Um It was a great goal too. Uh Perron made a nice pass around the end to O'Reilly, who drew uh, Taves and Yoki Haru to the, to him, uh, he immediately smacked it back to Perron, who is all, uh, wh- who is all alone on his side of the ice, um, because Brinkat and Cahoon are still kind of manning the men who haven't entered the zone at the blue line, which wasn't a great look, and Keith was marking Sanford, uh, And Perron then kind of skated from the board to the crease. Keith left Sanford and tried to collapse on him, along with Cahoon and Crawford, who bit pretty badly on Perron taking a shot there. And Perron just passed a long Duncan Keith skate to Sanford, who at that point had an empty net and buried it home. It was a really beautiful goal. I mean, you could see the defensive breakdown on the Blackhawks' side with a number of people taking the same man at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it was still a really nice goal. And at this point, you're up 2-1, and you're thinking, hey, maybe we're doing the right thing. But of course, immediately, it's 2-2. Two two. Um, let's see how quick it was. Not immediately. It was a good 13 minutes. minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh scored his second of the season, assisted by Patrick Kane. Uh, Petrangelo kind of tried to pack, backhand a puck to clear it, and he failed, and Onisimov picked it up uh, and had a give-and-go with Kane. And it was not pretty on Allen again. Uh, he wasn't screened at all, and the shot just got between his arm and his body. Uh, I know there was a turnover in his own zone, so maybe it's only 90 to 85% his fault. Okay. Um but as we tweet, tweeted, I think it was us, maybe it was Jeremy Rutherford. No, I think it was us. But I, as I said at the time, it was a bad turnover to be sure, but that's precisely the kind of save your goalie has to make. Goaltending and defense isn't a one-way relationship. They're supposed to pre- protect him, but he's there to back them up when they fail. And neither one is doing either part of that right now. And so this was a period like a lot uh, that we've had recently where you feel like you did a lot of good things, you feel like a lot of things went your way, and it's 2-2 at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And they've just equalized. It had another late equalizer, which I feel like happened a lot in our first periods, where there's, you know, in the last two or three minutes, there's a goal that ties things for the opposition. Um, and I was proud to see a lot of fans on Twitter, especially after the, you know, the goal 12 seconds in, or whatever it is, saying, I don't care how we start... I care how we finish, because a lot of times lately, especially before this game, there had been those red-hot, super-quick starts going the first two minutes sort of thing, and then you still just collapse. Um, so I was glad fans were kind of holding the team accountable a little bit. And it uh, worked out, because at this point, Vladimir Tarasenko, who had had a lot of big words in the post game of the... Last game we talked about, the Columbus <laughs> fiasco. We're not shits. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he really kind of took over this game. I think it was a big game for Tarasenko to kind of show his maturity. Um he scored a great goal here. O'Reilly made a great play along the board to hold off Davidson, uh, and got it to Dunn, who passed it to Vova, who cycled into the circle. Uh Maroon did an amazing screen on this. You watched this game? Oh, this was the Halloween party night, was that? Mm. So oh. you didn't get to see a lot of this but well, I rewatched all of it. Okay, never mind then. I'm sorry. But uh Folks, yeah.
1: we're dedicated here.
0: <laughs> Maroon just pulled up right in front of Crawford and stopped so dead in front of him that, A, Crawford didn't see anything, and then, B, when when Tarasenko scored, Maroon just kept standing there, I guess is sort of like a taunt, almost, you know? I, I just don't think... Or maybe he just didn't have any
1: incentive to I, move. I just don't think Maroon has, has the sharpest uh, <laughs> knife in the drawer and still thought the play was going that on.
0: That could be, too. But anyway, uh, it was a, it was honestly maybe the best one-man screen I've mm-hmm. ever seen uh, just because he wasn't like usually when it's a screen it's a tango bodies or something
1: I'm surprised I didn't call for like I don't think he was in the crease at all but he kind of bumps Crawford just slightly I mean it's super incidental contact but I thought for sure with the way I'm surprised that going, at the
0: least Crawford didn't like complain about it because I don't it, think he even like waved down for the a official. split
1: second it looks like he kind of moves his head around like what the hell and then no, yeah nothing yeah. happens
0: um, yeah, I don't think they probably would have overturned it, but no, I don't think so either. I think it, I'm surprised they didn't ask for a review or anything. Uh, and then Tyler Bozak got his second goal of the season. I think he's been playing a little better lately. Um, Sunquist, Oscar Sunquist, and Zach Sanford assisted on this one. Um, we won the face-off. Bozak, I guess, won the face-off. And he passed it from behind the net to the front. And San- Sanford made a really incredible stretch to grab the puck backhand and feed it to Sundquist. Uh And Sunquist passes along to um, to uh, to Peron. Bozak. God, my brain's <laughs> broken. Back to Bozak. And uh, Bozak shot it through Yogi Haru and scored unopposed on, on the net. So, all is well. 4-2. to two, Insurmountable lead. Except Patrick Kane gets a goal, of course, because he's a monster. And this one was the one that was...
1: This was the worst goal. Oh,
0: yikes. Oh, God, yeah. It was so bad. Um, so, Kane just skates in front of the net uh, from the side, and he just scores. Pareko was tangled with Sod in front of the net. Um... And Alan just gives the goal up short side between him and the post. There's no excuse. Pareko's, like, falling down in front of him, but he's not, like, colliding into him.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, you can't ever give a goal up between you and the post. Ever. That's just... <laughs> I don't, Like, I know, I'm not trying to be mean. I don't, I just, I don't know that some people don't know... I think that some people don't know what the difference is between a good and a bad goalie or what a really bad goal allowed by a goalie looks like. Mm -hmm. Rewatch this one, because there can never be a goal between you and your close post. You know, that just shouldn't ever happen. If a guy's going to score to your side, it needs to be on your far side. So if he's on your right, he needs to be scoring on your left side. And that didn't happen here. It was bad. Um, but the Blues really took over in the third. And to Allen's credit, he made a huge shave uh, to keep the game from being tied late, late in that period. But then immediately after, Zach Sanford slid through the net and kind of crashed hard into Allen, who, who went down and was helped off the ice. Uh, I think it was a head injury. They, of course, didn't really tell you because it's hockey. Um, but that seemed to be the nature of it. Uh, so uh, he he didn't return. Chad Johnson took over for him. Um, the third period was kind of boring for the most part until like late on. Um, we uh, won. We got three goals eventually, but for the first like. 10 to 12 minutes both teams just kind of felt dead and the crowd felt a little dead which was especially weird because it was a Blackhawks game uh but it was I mean we eventually held on so it was good but uh Tarasenko scored with f- about five minutes left four minutes left um it was a really nice shot where he kind of held off Seabrook and fell over for the rebound and scored it um And it was a good physical goal. It was a different kind of goal for him. Um, And I think Jeremy Rutherford made a comment about how it kind of showed how dedicated he was and how he's willing to kind of sacrifice yeah. his body to try and score. It was a nice one. Uh, and then Petrangelo scored on an empty net with two minutes left. Um, it was just, were we actually shorthanded here or was he just, I think he was just lucky. I think it would have been icing, but he happened to hit the net. Yeah. Um, and it was his first of the season, so it was nice to see him kind of get the monkey off his back uh, a little bit there scoring-wise. Um, and then last
1: year when he had like five or six goals?
0: He was red hot in October. Yeah. yeah, damn trip! What's ruining everything? Don't have,
1: don't have children.
0: Certainly don't have three at a time.
1: Contraception. people <laughs> use
0: it. Uh, I did not think that sentence was going to be said on this podcast.
1: We but... have one mic.
0: <laughs> Two guys, one mic podcast. <laughs> um, and then a couple of things happened late. First of all, Seabrook, uh, Brent Seabrook, and Ivan Barbashev got in a scuffle, uh, because Brent Seabrook at thirty-three years old, six three and two hundred and twenty seven pounds, is such a badass that he needs to fight twenty five year old fourth liner, six foot one eighty five Ivan Barbashev. And Barbashev punched him hard a couple of times and then the refs broke it up
1: because uh, Seabrook's a wimp.
0: It was super
1: lame. He got they've got like two or three good punches in and then it was over.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they broke it up so fast. Um, And Ivan Barbashev was rewarded for his sacrifice by promptly being benched for the next two (laughs) games. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Alex Keane scored a meaningless goal on the power play with 16 seconds left. Uh, He didn't even celebrate this goal. How did you feel about
1: that? That's fine but man they made a big deal about that Darren Pang was all like watch how he doesn't celebrate let's celebrate the fact that he's not celebrating and it it is
0: a mark of his professionalism but I was kind of like should be because this is the Blackhawks and you've done nothing all season like yeah. that to me that's one I don't want him to like taunt but I'm I don't really want it to look like oh this is just old hat for us. Yeah. you know we're fine. I don't
1: I don't care so much about that. I just think it's like I don't know what you the call Darren
0: it. was like the Brad Marchand in that role. Like, yeah, that's a that's a good hockey player right there. Not celebrating. Yeah, some going. crap
1: about how like you're just trying to pat your back your your own back for like being super mature. Do you yeah. remember like two or three years ago? Um, we still, they had some big deal about how like the Blues weren't going to celebrate after goals anymore. They weren't going to do the, the uh, glove taps down the line. They are just going to skate to the center ice and take the face off again. And they did that for, like, a couple weeks. And, like, Was um, this a
0: Hitchcock thing? I don't
1: think he, like, instigated this. I think, like, the players said they did. Oh, but okay. then I guess they also made a big deal that I guess some of the older brass and even people like Kelly Chase, like, brought it up to them, like, you really, you know, try not celebrating. You know, be mature and yada yada, and just skate center ice and all this other crap. And I'm, I just hate that like old good old boy hockey mentality crap. <laughs> T.J. Oshie
0: was like, but Kelly, we won't get to hear that dope new urge goal song in yeah. three years.
1: But like, it's it's a weird like. I just speaking out of both sides of your mouth. like, oh well, we need to be mature about this. Just like hockey players of old, I hate, who still did that.
0: I hate the old guard, new guard. Fight constant infighting in hockey.
1: What old hockey player was it? Because it was like in the seventies or eighties. Excuse me, I'm a millennial, so I don't know. <laughs> but it was old and grainy looking footage of like dudes scoring, and they'd like ride their stick. Oh yeah, like uh, oh, be mature. You need to be mature. Back. I in forget the day. who that was because I heard the name recently. Yeah. but
0: yeah. It's just.
1: Anyways, that's its own tirade. But it's it. like if you're not, I understand that celebrating at the end of this, but. I agree. It's like I don't think that the maturity was the, is the problem with this team. I don't think it's like we need to be a little more mature about our wins. Be like, "Well, you only got 4 of them. Mm. So, I don't know. Figure something else out." Yeah,
0: absolutely. I it was weird. It was a strange. Can you ending, tell we're upset? We're it's a sh- I wanted this to be a happy, fun podcast. And the then Blues tonight happened. It. You blew it. Uh, Stats wise, it was pretty dominant. Thirty seven to twenty four shots, fifty seven percent face offs, two of five on the power play. The Blackhawks only drew one penalty. When was the last time we played the Blackhawks and they only got one power play? That's kind of mind blowing. Uh, hits were fifteen to twelve. Blocks were nineteen to seventeen. And the give and the Blackhawks had ten giveaways to our four. O'Reilly, Sanford, and Petrangelo all had three points on the night. Uh, Thomas played ten and a half minutes, um... This was his first game back. And this was his first game back from, f- ultimately, four, I think, days. Mm-hmm. Four games scratched. And it was his best game, I think, of the season, up and at least up until that point. Um, the forwards were really balanced on minutes, and Tarasenko actually had the most, which, uh, was strange, because O'Reilly usually does, uh... Seven of the 12 forwards were between 17 and a half minutes and 19 minutes and 14 seconds. And then Bomeister was still second amongst defensemen with 20 minutes on the ice. How do you explain that, Ian? You don't. You don't. <laughs> okay, cool.
1: I'm not going to even try.
0: Um, I do think this was one of the best, maybe one of the most important games of Tarasenko's career without trying to be overly like hyped about it just because he really was the guy that kind of put it all on the line in after the Columbus loss and said, you know, it feels like shit to play like this, and I guarantee we'll be a better team on whatever this was, Friday, Saturday, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's got an A on his chest, and it's good to know there's a reason, which isn't a shot at him, you know, but like... He's usually a quieter guy, and I think I don't want to I don't want to sound sinister, but I think anyone that has the language barrier at all can tend to kind of use that as like an excuse if they want to, like yeah, you know, oh no no don't, no interview thank you sort of thing. <laughs> but like he really stepped up, and then after he'd stepped up with his mouth, he stepped up with his play on the ice. And I think he had two really huge goals in this game. He looked great, looked physical, looked determined. You know, Vladdy's problem is never, he never lacks passion, but sometimes he lacks confidence. Mm -hmm. And he didn't seem to in this game. Um, Thomas, I think, had one of his best, uh, one of his best games, Sundquist. I didn't really understand why he was starting in this game again. And he did get a point. He's a decent penalty killer, but I just, I didn't understand it. And then I got my ass handed to me in the next (laughs) game, as we'll talk about. Um, and then Zach Sanford, um, there's some quotes here about him. He is just on or has been on another level, uh, he says, I've just been trying to build off Factor and Perry, uh, being in the right spots for them and making the right plays. We've had some good chemistry so far. And Tarasenko apparently called uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Orlov about Samford because he isn't allowed to speak to any non-Russian <laughs> Capitals players. I
1: will call my comrades. <laughs>
0: and he said, uh, all those guys, nobody even has says... Nobody even say a bad word about him. Everybody really excited the way he acted in the locker room. It's just a big thing for our organization the way he plays right now. Um, So my question for you is, how much of Sanford's success do you think is due to him? And how much of it has to do with him playing with the other two hottest players on the Blues right now in Piranha and O'Reilly?
1: I think most of it has to do with... Peran and O'Reilly. And yeah. I think Sanford's a good player. I think he like he has the ability. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times it bugs me a little bit when people will say like someone plays with Sidney Crosby and they'll be like, Well, you know, I could get like twenty points with Sidney Crosby or yada, yada. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you still have to be like a decent hockey mind to yeah. play with somebody like that. So I think he's a good player. I just would wait to call him like a factor on this team until I saw him with other, you know, other lines. <laughs> I don't think he's... Plus, a,
0: you can't call him a factor anyway, because oh, exactly. that's a rally.
1: Yeah, he's the Sandman. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Sandman on on other lines first. But no, I think he's a good player. It's just a really small sample size. I like to ride the wave. I'm just cautious.
0: I will say, if you'd asked me two weeks ago what his ceiling was, I would have said bottom six, mm. and that would have been charitable. I would have felt charitable, not just saying fourth line. And now I think he has middle six potential. And that's mm-hmm. not that doesn't seem like much of an upgrade. But I think he can, you know, he's, he's not going to be a superstar top line guy. But if he's a contributor in your second or third line, gets yeah. you 40 to 50 points, that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy that actually justifies trading for him, especially when you then also <laughs> drafted Robert Thomas with the pick. And especially now that Kevin Shattenkirk is like, Human garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not personal. I mean, well, he's I mean, not garbage. He is. Well, I
1: well, don't know. I don't know.
0: He's don't got know.
1: that hair piece, that or lack thereof. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, God. we needed Zach Sanford, and it was a long con by Doug Armstrong. He knew what he, he was knew doing. It. He knew it. He never, was just wait on it. You
0: never que- questioned Doug Armstrong. He goes,
1: Doug, what the hell? And he goes, just wait <laughs> on it. Just, <laughs> you'll see. Pause. When we have Ryan O'Reilly, you'll see like, him. <laughs> what the hell? He's
0: insane. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so Alan was hurt. He looked really, really bad. As I, as, as I said it in the notes notes before we knew Allen would be back. This team is doomed if it's Chad Johnson and Billy Huso for a long time, and it's doomed if it's Jake Allen for a long time, too. Um, We'll talk—we can talk more about him after we get through these games. Uh, Mike Yo said, this was a quote that worried me. Uh, Let me read some of the other quotes, and then we'll talk about this one. Uh, He says, there's going to be doubters, and there's going to be negativity. We understand that. We probably deserve it, but we can't get caught up in that stuff. Ryan O'Reilly says it was nice. We stuck with it tonight. It's nice to see and I thought we played a much more complete game. That's for sure. Tarasenko said this is really emotional for us. Everyone understand how important the game was, but the most important thing right now, don't think it's over. It's not the end of the season, so now we have a lot of stuff to build on. And then finally, the quote from Mike that perturbed me. I guess, is he said, the players responded today. We're still in the process of building our game. I don't think we can just play one game and say, okay, now we're there. I would expect we probably have a couple other peaks and valleys in the next few weeks, but we're getting closer. Your thoughts, Ian? Uh, Or perhaps you'd just like to take us to the next peak before we talk about the valley.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I just need to know how big those valleys are, Mike. I mean, if it's a couple games here and there, I gotcha. We're not going to win the rest of our 70-whatever games. But we can't have lots of valleys. We can't have lots of valleys, and we can't have valleys that are very long and wide. We can't have, like, five, six games in a row that we're losing. We can't have the January swoons like we talked about. You can have little valleys in the sense that the Capitals or the Penguins... Win a bunch of games, then they lose a few, but then they mm. win a bunch more. I got you, Mike. You've just described hockey to me. Thank you. But if you're gonna tell me it's gonna be rough for the next, what do you say, couple weeks? We just talked about the Thanksgiving stat. I know that doesn't that doesn't necessarily hold water every time. It's just an average sort of thing. But you don't have time, man. You you can't have another month of this. Basically, another month of this is suicide for the team. So. Yes, your your job should be in question, like you said, after the Columbus game, and I think it should still be in question, mm. especially after that quote.
0: Yeah, that was Don't strange. feed
1: it to me, Mike. I ain't bite.
0: Don't give us the ammo. We'll, we'll make it ourselves. You ain't got to give it to us. Uh, so you were at the game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Would you mm. like to take us through it? By the way, on totally meaningless news, uh, goals were scored tonight by Brad Hunt, Ryan Reeves, William Carrier, Kyle Brodziak, and Patrick (laughs) Byrne. So, there you go.
1: Folks, last year's team was better than this year's team.
0: (laughs) Brad Hunt, John Kelly, I guess because you weren't watching, you don't or you were watching, but you were there, you maybe not didn't hear this, hear this, but John Kelly referred to him as former Blue Brad Hunt. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a stretch. He's
1: <laughs> always former something. Oh, my like God. Former duck, and then he'll name somebody. Yeah, was like it was somebody arranger. like random was
0: like, former king, and I'm like,
1: why do I care? Yeah. No, who's someone that moves around all the time?
0: Uh, Michael Grabner.
1: Yeah. Michael Grabner, I need to name like a team from two years ago. Yeah, former former devil, Michael Grabner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, John. Sorry. You're not the problem, John. You're not the problem. Be part of the solution, John. <laughs> um, Blues versus Vegas Golden Knights. I was at this game. Uh, this Barbashev and Schmaltz joined Cairo in the press box this game. We still kept SunQuest in. We'll talk about that a little I bit. I bitched
0: about it ad nauseum on Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm. And he heard. I was
0: still right. I, was- I just want to say the thing I was right about is that Barbershev. <laughs> gets his hand dirty hands dirty and fights Duncan or Brent Seabrook like you're begging for. We've all and Mike Yo very vocally has been begging for effort, consistency, and passion from this team. And then some dude fights a Stanley Cup winning future Hall of Famer and you're like, nah, bench him for two
1: games. <laughs> what is he now? He doesn't show enough smoke. <laughs> He didn't move the linesman out of the way.
0: But yes, Oscar Sunquest did make me eat my words. Tell us mm. about that.
1: Well, Also, this game saw Fabry and Gunnarsson draw in the lineup. This is Fabry's first regular season game since February 4th, 2017. And Quite he's point two
0: without re-entering himself, yeah. so very nice. He's looked
1: pretty good. Uh, yes, first period Blues goal, Oscar Sunquist with just a little over two minutes into the first period there, assisted by Thomas and Fabry. I didn't see this goal because I was getting <laughs> beer. But I saw the replay, and it was just as wonky as it I imagined varied. in <laughs> uh, Petrangelo gets the puck up the ice with a stretch pass to Sunquist on the right. Sunquist enters the zone and chips the puck around the boards to Fabry. Fabry on the forecheck moves the puck over to Thomas behind the net, and Thomas is pinned against the boards but manages to pass the puck out front for Sunquist, who streaks who streaks past an aggressive flurry, uh, gets the puck around McNabb and deposits the puck. In the empty net as he's getting spun around. It was a wonky scoring play, but the play overall was really nice. It was like four different players touched it. It was along the boards. As they got along the boards, who was the first guy to get it in as the one that's going towards the net. It was a nice play overall. It was just it was, a weird Sunquist fallen down. It was also drama. like as
0: weird as it was, it was like a, a fair amount of skill for no, him to actually find the net on that, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And the Thomas pass is amazing. That's like a no look like between his legs pass. Dude, it's,
0: He's it was great. I still love him. There Let me ask you this question. You were in the concourse mm. when you heard, you know, Blue's goal is first of the season scored by Oscar Sundquist. Yeah. Were you like, what?
1: Oh, I laughed heartily because I knew, I knew what we had tweeted out. I had to explain to the person I was with why I was laughing so much.
0: That's awesome. I was like,
1: this person doesn't score ever. <laughs> and it was pretty fun. I mean, like I said, team effort goal. Um... Very, it was just, it was interesting to see those, that group get that goal. And there was a lot of cheers for Robbie Fabry the first time he touched the puck. It was a lot of cheers for him just being named to, an, like, the secondary assist on the board. Mm-hmm. Like, people were really psyched to have Robbie Fabry back. And he had a couple plays this be, game. He's awesome. That looked, like, it. really good.
0: And now, because we have an early lead, we certainly kept it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. hmm No. <laughs> uh... Four and a half minutes later, Pierre-Edouard Belmar scores his second of the season. Excuse me, do you oh, perhaps God. mean Pierre-Edouard Belmar? I'm glad you did it, because I was like, I can't say that any more French than it already is. Uh, Belmar tries to pass the puck from behind the net to the goal, or from behind the goal line to Reeves, but Edmondson breaks the pass up with a stick. Puck bounces back five feet to the left of Allen. <laughs> Belmar collects it and then roofs it over Allen. Uh, Allen's kind of falling down on this one. I think he's kind of expecting... It into him, you know, mm-hmm. on the lower half, on the lower half, the strong half. Uh, <laughs> on the bottom half, it's great. <laughs> yeah, the top half, not so great for him. Uh, up and over his glove. It's, I mean, it was a really nice shot. It was an in tight angle. It's just kind of a wonky bounce that Belmar sort of gets his own pass back because mm-hmm. Edmondson just jabs it back. Not even really back towards him. It's just that Belmar is the first one to get there. Yeah. So, not great, but the rest of the period was pretty good. I thought the Blues really. Gave it, I don't know, They. I didn't record the shots down, but I remember that they were most certainly more impressive of the two teams. And it was good to see, especially after the Blackhawks game, because I wanted to see if they were going to be able to like ride that momentum. Yeah. It was a four-day break, which made me think, this is going to be a stinker. This is going to be a clunker of a game, because they just had a really inspired game against a heated rival, four days off, against Vegas, who... I mean, is in our conference, but it's still a new, weird team. It's kind of almost like playing an Eastern Conference team. It's like, "Eh," and we'll be a letdown. But they looked pretty good in the first period. How do you not underestimate the Vegas Golden Yeah, and like you mentioned, they were without Paul Stasny. They were without um, Max Max Pacioretty, who I completely forgot... Both of those people, I forgot, were on the team, period. <laughs> and then I actively looked for them, and then I remembered they were both Patcher- injured.
0: Patcheretti feels especially weird. For some reason, Stastny, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's been a Vegas oh, yeah. Golden Knight for ages. Well, but- I
1: forgot Ryan Reeves was on this team, yeah. because all some people were cheering when a, a Golden Knight had the puck, and I was like, huh? And they're like, oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> he, someone gave him, like, a good forearm shiv to the... Face. Oh, was sure it Maroon?
0: I think it was. It was Maroon, or I even saw a, um, um, who
1: was it? Eminem's sort of getting it with them. Oh yeah,
0: I think they both maybe did a little bit. And then
1: I remember like Shen was in his face, and I was like, "See, now this makes sense because you two didn't play together, and it's that weird like I hate you, <laughs> even though you're on my old team, but I never played with you. So who the hell's this guy? Yeah, yeah, you know." You're in the class, you go back into the class and there's some new kid, and you're who the hell's this guy? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, this is where I sit at the <laughs> lunch table. So scram, Bozo. Yeah, just
0: like that. You know how kids talk to you in high school. <laughs> scram,
1: feed it, Bozo. <laughs> second period, Blues on the power play. Tarasenko scores power play goal, his sixth goal of the season, That just three minutes into the uh, second period, assisted by Bozak and Maroon. This was a really great movement on the power play. Uh, every player got a quick touch with no player having the puck for over two seconds. Goal was scored eight seconds in the power play. What was your stat for power play time? Oh, and 11 goal seconds, I 11 believe, seconds. Yeah. So yeah, normally a lot of power plays will convert I don't, in under 11 seconds. I don't
0: actually know enough about that stat to really give it. Well, but give I it was to basically told that, yeah, most power plays that are successful are successful in the first 11 seconds. Well, that makes which sense. Which makes
1: sense. You had you gain possession immediately and you score. Like, yeah. How how often when you're getting the puck forced out of your zone do you come back? Do you just come and back and score yeah. like in the fifth entry. You're like, and this is the one because these guys are set up for the PK at that point. Um, yeah. O'Reilly wins a draw over to Bozak, who gets it quickly back to Dunn at the Vegas blue line. Dunn moves the puck to O'Reilly on the right half boards. O'Reilly gets it to Maroon on the side of net. He doesn't jam play it. Maroon bumps it to Bozak at the right dot who fires a quick wrister. The puck ricochets its way towards the net, but then it hops over to Tarasenko, who's to the right of Flurry. Flurry has uh, the net open there, and Tarasenko does a little quick forehand-backhand to get it to a scoring position and puts it right in. Like I said, great power play. Another really interesting thing is Bozak's right-handed shot. That shot doesn't get made if it's a left-handed shot, just and not necessarily because they can't fire it, because actually you'd have a Better chance of getting it into the net or a better like aiming opportunity because you'd be on the left side with a left-handed shot. Uh huh. But a righty has his stick away from coverage, yeah. so he's able to make the shot, and mm. that's something we could have only done with Thompson and Sunquist last year's forwards, and that was it. <laughs> so having an upgrade of Bozak and even just a few other guys on, that can do that on the power play is a big, a big get. Um, yeah, then we had an awful thing happen. <laughs> mm. Then in under...
0: Tell us more.
1: ...30 seconds, Eric Halla scored for the Vegas Golden Knights, assisted by Theodore and Tuck. Halla tips Theodore's shot from the point, and the puck beats Allen, who is too slow to close his legs. I understand there's a tip involved, but the puck didn't get tipped wide of Allen or above Allen. The puck was headed for Allen's pads regardless, and the tip just lowered the puck slightly. You'd like him to have that one. And like you mentioned earlier, before we started recording, it's at your pads, you just clo- you close down your legs in the middle. You close the five hole. That's just what you do. If it's going to hit your right pad, your left pad, be anywhere on the ice, you know, a foot off the ice, you're down, closed your legs, your stick's in between, too. He didn't do that. He was just slow, regardless of the tip. Yeah. It was going there anyways. It barely moved it. Well,
0: it was just like, it just got through a hole that shouldn't be there. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, I, it's it's similar to that goal we were kind of talked longer about last game where it got short side. It's just like, that shouldn't be where a goal goes. You shouldn't get five-hold. Unless that, it's like a breakaway or something where you just can't cover all of the net, mm-hmm. you know?
1: That was not a great look. Fan, I Fans were not happy. That was like... Yes, howling in the crowd
0: Darren Pang wants you to know that they were being unfair. Yeah, they were
1: being unfair You're right Darren. and then <laughs> and then on the next shot that Alan faced He got a Bronx cheer and I'm surprised that they didn't mention that at all in the broadcast It was probably like if we don't talk about it didn't did happen, happen. So, I mean if you go to these games and I know it's just fans and believe me I got Hoosier fans sitting behind me screaming about Perron not hitting enough and hmm. just weird shit like that but The general feel of fans there, the loud ones, I guess, is that people are getting sick of it, man. I mean, maybe it's just a general sickness of getting scored on, but just with the Bronx cheers and stuff, I think people are getting a little sick of Allen. I mean, it's just the feel I have in the building. They really are just... They're tired of the team getting scored on, but I can... I don't know. Maybe it's just me projecting, but I I, can feel it. I really
0: think there are two extreme but vocal camps on Allen. And we've talked about it a little bit before, but there's the one camp that wants to blame him for everything, always, all the time, exclusively, Mm -hmm. which is nonsense. But then there's the other camp that wants to blame him for nothing ever at all for any reason, and that's nonsense too. But I think the majority of fans are starting to move to like a acceptable place, which is the defense isn't helping, but he's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reality right now like you're not you're not winning a cup with Jake Allen and net I'm sorry that's never ever happening and that's fine cuz i don't think this team's winning a cup as it's currently constructed anyway mm. i don't th- i'm not saying Jake Allen's the only thing preventing us from winning a cup but like
1: What's the Mike Yo problem? If you know he's not going to be the right. one to do it, just move on at right. this point.
0: What's the point in waiting? Mm-hmm. And, and
1: the easier thing with Yo is you can just fire him. Yeah. He can just be gone. Mm-hmm. But Jake Allen, you got to bury, find a trade partner, you got to do something.
0: It's a tough position to be in, but it's one that Doug Armstrong kind of put himself in because I I don't really mind the contract extension as much, but... Over this summer, with as much as he did, it's not like we were all fine with Jake Allen coming into the season. You know, mm-hmm. that didn't sneak up and surprise us or anything.
1: But anyway. Let's say, don't worry, Sunquist scored his second goal after that.
0: He doubled his career total mm. in one game just to give the big old
1: middle finger to the two guys no cup by <laughs> This was game. literally his best game. There's no other way to slice it. This was his <laughs> best and career game.
0: And probably will be. This will probably be the best game of his entire <laughs> career.
1: This was assisted by Robert Thomas. Uh, Sunquist breaks up a zone entry attempt by Vegas with a poke check. Thomas recovers the puck and streaks down the left side into the Vegas zone. He pushes towards the center of the zone and then drops the puck back to Sunquist behind him who rifles the puck up and over Flurry's left shoulder. It was a really nice play between Thomas and Sunquist, kind of a little give and go. What you what you draw up, what you read about, bang, bang, bang. Thomas looks really fast. He was able to push the defender off of him as he was driving towards the net. I was impressed by him. It was a beauty play built all off of great defense in the neutral zone.
0: I've heard his skating criticized, even by people that like him a lot, mm-hmm. even like Corey Promen's done that. I haven't seen it so far. Maybe I don't know what, like, good skating versus sass skating looks like, but he looks fine to me. Yeah, he's a lot
1: faster than I thought he was. I
0: mean, maybe the point is he's not, like, an elite, like, Kyrie level speed, but okay. Yeah,
1: I guess he doesn't make it look effortless. I
0: think think O'Reilly's the same way, where it's like, no, he's not, like, breakneck fast, but he seems to always be able to get to where he needs Mm -hmm. to be in time, you know? Yeah. Um... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was thinking of how Oscar Sundquist's game is like that one time Jay McClemmick got a hat trick, and you're oh, yeah. like, oh, cool! Yeah, you're like, is this ever gonna happen again? <laughs> and it didn't, of course, no. even though he played for like 73 years in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> Wasn't he part of like a winner classic at like age 40? Oh, it's like, not with us. Yeah, but like with the Maple Leafs or somebody late. Maybe.
1: I, I can't remember. Maple Leafs had McClement at one time, and I don't know if it was the same year, but I think it was the same year. They also had Brad Boys. I think it was the
0: year that somebody got uh, traded. Oh, John Michael Lyles got yeah. traded the day of. He got traded off the Winter Classic team, which was such an F-U moment. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Speaking of defensemen, that's the only transition. Good. It um, was great. Bluesville by Colton Pareko after the Sunquist goal. Uh, let's see. That was about eight minutes later. Pareko's third of the season, assisted by O'Reilly and Sanford. O'Reilly has the puck in the right corner, makes a brilliant pass to Pareko, has moved into the left circle, and Pareko just rips one right past Flurry. This thing had me hot and bothered. <laughs> this was like a 1998 type of play, I don't know, just old school, fast, slamming sticks hockey, it was amazing, it was either A, like a video game where you're like, holy crap, he just shot a 102 mile hour puck from like the dot, or it was like crazy old reminiscent of like Al McInnes, and I don't even think he ever got like that close to fire it, Yeah. I was like, ooh yeah, give me some more of that, Um, and you seem to be saying that a lot after Colton Perico scores a goal, I'm like, oh my god. Please more of that. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever gonna get that consistently.
0: He's got three so far. I yeah. mean, what's that put him on pace for? We played twelve games, right?
1: Fifty-two. I'll figure it <laughs> out. I can do the math. You do the math on your phone. I. It's a really good play by O'Reilly. He finds him between like three defense or three um, defending Vegas players. Preko. I also want to give a hand to. Other than there's just shot. That's a, a
0: twenty goal pace, which I kind of thought that. I mean, I'm, not saying he's, he's, no I'm Burns. not saying he's getting 20 goals, but if but he even got you 15, saying? you know.
1: Will he get 15 goals? No, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> no. No, I mean, like,
0: seriously, though, if he needs to be shooting more. He yeah. needs to be on the PowerPoint more. If both of those things happen, I think he could get 15 or more, and mm. that's that'd be great.
1: That's true. I'll buy it when I see it. Third period transition. <laughs> Uh, Vegas on the power play, they get a goal by Alex Tuck, his third of the season at 8.02, assisted by Marchisot and Tucked Carlson. Tucked in under the bar. Yeah. Yeah, actually kind of, but not really, because <laughs> no. you, really, you didn't really have to beat anybody. Um, Tuck shoots the puck from the left dot, but this isn't the scoring play. It bounces around in front of Allen and over to Marchisot, who Allen makes an awesome diving save on. It was an amazing save. It was just like... There's a little, there's a puck's worth of open space, and Alan closes it to his right by just diving <laughs> for it. But we kind of talked about, and I'm not going to fault Alan for this, he makes a huge save. It's a big flopping save to go over there. Hard to kind of recover from that. At that mm-hmm. point, he's out of the blue paint. But I can't but fault But he wasn't him. ever going to recover for <laughs> <laughs> it. True, but I can't fault him either, because there's like four players yeah. in the blue paint yeah. at that point. It bounces around, and Tuck finds it again. He does go like hit the bar and in, I was like, I don't know why you got to roof it, buddy, but sure, why not? (laughs) Um, That stinks. It was almost halfway through the period. Uh, This is when I was really hoping that the Blues would have an insurance goal later, and they did. Bozak scored uh, three minutes, four minutes later. His third of the season assisted by Edmondson. This was an interesting goal, and I, I don't claim to know exactly what a goalie's thinking. I've never played goalie. But just from the flow of a hockey game, I feel like I would know what they were expecting as far as a shot goes. Mm. Edmondson kind of has a quick wrister towards Flurry. I don't know if he expected it to get to Flurry, if that was his intention, or if he was trying to pass it to Bozak. But from what I saw, it looked like Edmondson, from the point, is trying to fire it on net, or mm-hmm. at least get it near yeah, the net. Yeah, I think so. And then maybe for a Bozak tip. And when Bozak reaches out, he just stops the puck. And I think this handcuffed Flurry, because he was expecting a tip, he was expecting a puck at him at a certain velocity, and it just stopped. Ooh. Because then Bozak takes two steps around his defenseman and scores, like, pretty easily. And Flurry's not down and out. He's still able to move, but I think for certain he was, like, kind of caught and, like, I'm going down, and then, oh, I gotta get back up. And then Bozak scored. It was really, I think... it was weird to watch, because I was like, wait, where'd the puck go? And then he was like, oh, it's on Bozak's day. Yeah,
0: I think uh, Pang... Made a big deal about how that was intentional. It was like a smart play to not go for the tip mm-hmm. and get it around him. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I mean, I think it was a clever play by Bozak. Yeah. I mean, I'm not who's the goal also leader. on a 20-goal pace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Who it? <fast>. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, until the, you know, that's, that's... Oscar Sundquist is on like a 16-goal pace.
1: That's true. So. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the only game. That's 5-3? Sure it is. Why not? Um, I'm not counting the goals. It is, for math's sake. It is, for, God, for the sake of math. (laughs) Um, and to, more to that, because you were just talking about goals, Blues are third after this game, uh, Blues are third in the league in goals scored per game at 3.73, so that's really amazing. Now we've allowed, at least at this point, I think, three plus goals in every game we've played. Minus the uh, one win against Toronto. So that puts the Blues at 29th in the league, 29th in the league in goals allowed per game at 3.82 So we score a lot, but we sure let a lot in and that was kind of the story of this game as well I mean, we beat Vegas. I thought pretty handily I don't think they ever looked too dangerous, but again, we did let them score a fair amount of goals Blues had 26 shots to Vegas's 34. They won 50 or Blues won 58% of the draws both teams were 1-3 for three in the power play. Both had eight penalty minutes. Vegas out-hit the Blues 21-15, to 15, but that'll happen when you get Ryan Reeves on your team. Uh, and William Carey. Oh, that's right. Leads the league and hits. Mm-hmm. Excuse Rag, me. Greg
0: Kogutis got nothing on Bill Carrier.
1: But he is married to Michael Neuver's sister. Married? Right? Not married? I don't know about married. Ooh.
0: He knocked her up. I don't Whoa. know. That <laughs> doesn't I
1: mean they're married. Folks, this is another time to talk about (laughs) contraception and how you need to use it. It's there for a reason. Especially
0: if you're having a tryst with your goaltender's sister.
1: (laughs) Don't let them go five hole without protection. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. How do we get it back from there? (laughs) We don't. We just power through. Much like Ratko
1: (laughs) Goonies. Wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was a good game. I enjoyed it. It was a high-energy game. It still did feel like... It felt like they were still riding the high of that Chicago game. Like, they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, they listened to everything they said in the locker room. They were trying... They were out there. They were trying their damnedest. You brought a guest who had not
0: been to a hockey game Mm -hmm. before, and they liked it, which is a real risky proposition this season. It's like,
1: oh... I could have... I warned them. I was like, this could be a really bad thing you watch <laughs> and i'll have to tell you why it's so bad <laughs> um it is interesting to bring someone that doesn't know about like goal horns and things like uh, that like they're not shocked at the goal horn but they're shocked at no goal horn for, oh, like yeah, the opposing team that's a good because point nothing yeah. happens and if you're not paying attention like the red light you have to really strip yourself down of like any hockey knowledge yeah because you're like well there's a red light and they're like okay and you're like oh that's because they scored and like oh Okay, okay. <laughs> like, well, that's not so
0: good. The last time I took someone, the last time I went to a game, I took someone who, you know, kind of knew hockey, but had never been, and it mm-hmm. was that god-awful game against Pitt, uh, Philly last was year. Was it, like, one nothing. Yeah, it was so bad, It was
1: like, well, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> hockey sucks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting, because they'd watched hockey on TV before. Mm-hmm. And I never think about it, because TV, it seems easy to follow to us, too. But I think it's so much easier to follow live, because you can see the whole ice. Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier to track the puck, too, because we sat up high, but, like, center ice. You can see even along the boards pretty well. But, like, when a camera's further down, and the yeah. puck's along the close boards, it's like, I don't know where, you know. I always
0: I always tell someone who's trying to learn how to watch on TV to yeah. not follow the puck, but follow the camera. Yeah. Because, like... Even if you can't see the puck, you should know that 99% of the time it's on the center of where the camera is, you know? But, yeah, when you see the whole ice, it's a lot easier for sure.
1: Explaining offsides is easy Mm -hmm. or easier because you're like, well, the puck has to be across this blue line before the rest of the team come in opposite for the other team, other blue line. But icing, icing is probably easier to explain to someone who One that's not me explaining no. it. but there's so many, and after I listen to myself saying I'm like, how many different times or lines did I talk about? I'm like, they gotta be across the middle center red line to then put it in, but if they fire it from behind <laughs> that line and it goes past that goal line and the opposing team gets there first, but not really, they just get to the dots then <laughs> it comes back into the other I zone. Can't ama-
0: I can see how that would be a nightmare. And
1: it's so nice because they'll nod like, yeah, I got it. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. No. And don't feel bad because I'm an
0: idiot. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of idiots, the Blues and the Wild. 5-1 <laughs> to one, Minnesota. Do we even need to dwell on it? Eric Stahl scored a really weird goal. He won the faceoff back to Nick <laughs> Sealer, who's the new all-star. This must be, by the way, how... Um, how Chicago felt, or how, excuse me, Vegas felt yeah. about Oscar Sunquist, Because they're like, who,
1: what? This happens to me all the time. If some younger, younger-ish player mm. has a big game against like the Blues, or I just hear not it in the news, Derek
0: Rodriguez had his two-goal yeah,
1: game. I'll for a second be like, oh man, I wish we had like a young stud, and then I look him up and I'm like, oh, that's not a young stud. <laughs> that's just some guy. <laughs>
0: Did the ghost of Derek Rodriguez is currently ransacking. He's so
1: way. angry. I think he's still alive. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> Eric Stahl won the face off back to Nick Sealer. Sealer took a shot from the point. And Stahl took the craziest redirection deflection I've ever seen. He was like a mile from the goal and just backhanded it along the back of his stick and somehow roofed it. I mean, this was one where it's like, sorry, Alan, there's literally yeah, nothing you could have done. We could done. predict that. Um, it was an incredible goal. And then a minute later, less than a minute later, Sealer got himself on the board, was assisted by Charlie Coyle and the giant Jordan Greenway. Um, the puck got around Allen and weirdly got to Sealer, who took a big shot. Greenway, who is literally like 6'6", six, six something, uh, was screening Allen and the puck got in. Um, Greenway reacted like maybe he scored. I was pretty late in the game. They hadn't changed it, so I assume mm. it's staying with Sealer. But He's one of their top Prospects that isn't on an indefinite KHL contract, so he's a good young player. Um, Greenway is that is not Sealer, I don't know anything about Sealer, Sealer as far as I know he's a unicorn. Um, but yeah, it was a nice play, it was well done. Uh, and again, one you can't really blame on Alan, he was screened, you know nothing much you can do there, which is me trying to prove that we can be fair <laughs> to Alan when we
1: bury him later. <laughs> <coughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, those first two goals were were some really weird, just like, just shitty defensive coverage. Mm. Like, guys not being able to box people out. This whole game, and we'll talk about it after, is like, to me, even though they say the Wild played really well, and I think they did. It was like a real. They lack. played
0: fine.
1: It was like a real, just like lack of effort. Like yeah. every little battle you have for the puck was lost. Yeah, it was definitely.
0: Um, so the boys scored what would become their only goal of the game. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly with his fourth goal of the season, Tarasenko and done assisting. Uh, Tarasenko got the puck in the circle and he made an amazing pass to O'Reilly. Uh, completely froze Dubnik, and when O'Reilly got it on the short side, he just knocked it and lasered it into a basically empty net. It was a nice goal. It was mm-hmm. the only goal we scored, and it was on the Power Boy, but it was nice. Nice. <clears throat> and then Jay Bomeester happened.
1: <laughs>
0: Jay Bomeester stood at our blue line and didn't make a play whereupon JT Brown skated him like he was one of those falling blocks in Mario <laughs> and easily scored on Alan. It's a breakaway, so you can't blame Alan, but when was the last time Alan made a save on a breakaway?
1: I don't remember.
0: I literally don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Uh, Patrick Maroon and Marcus Foligno got in a fight late in the period. Uh, by which I mean that Felino grabbed his head and started punching him in the brainstem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. It was very bizarre, yeah, and I don't know why that. he wasn't ejected from the game. Because <laughs> it was like a headlock, wasn't yeah. it? And he was like punch. I- very strange. Um, so, yeah. The second period started. They were very aggressive. We weren't. They were hitting a lot. We weren't. Uh, Maroon and Thomas and Sunquist became a line. Because I guess Maroon's brain still worked, at least as well as it ever had. And uh, Matt Dumba scored late in the period, and it was all Matt Dumba, and Jake Allen it had nothing to do with it. Let's move on. <laughs> no, uh, this was an awful, awful, awful goal. This was a trickler. Yeah. Ugh. And it really, he got all of it, and it just, I mean, it was center mass of Allen. It was not like, I don't think Dumba shot that thinking, I'm going to score a goal here. Mm -hmm. I think he shot it thinking, maybe he'll cover it and we'll get a break. Or just, I'm going to put it on, see what the rebound looks like. We'll see. But I don't think he was like, ooh, great scoring opportunity. (laughs) Let me capitalize. (laughs) (laughs) It got in, and it just, I, I don't know. The defense is bad, and Allen's bad.
1: They're both
0: bad, yeah. I don't. I feel like in our. I feel like in our in our world today, there's just not a lot of nuance. And I think because of Twitter, a lot of times it's like, oh, if you say a thing, you have to think that thing all the way, mm-hmm. and so you can't say, man, that was a terrible shot by or a terrible effort by Jake Allen without people thinking you blame Jake Allen for every goal the opposition has scored this season. And it's like, no, I don't, but I do blame him for that one, and we would have lost this game if he'd saved that one. I'm not trying to claim we wouldn't have, but it was awful. And I don't... Let's just live in a world where both that can be true and the defense can be failing.
1: Yeah.
0: And Yo can be a problem. Like, all of those things can all be true. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Schwartz and Tarasenko were centered by Robert Thomas to start the third period, which... What a roller coaster that guy's on! Um, (laughs) We do need to talk about how tonight was his eighth game of the tryout. I'm thinking he's safe now.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know how you send him back. He's looked better and better, and what what's Junior's gonna do for him? Really, especially at this
1: point, he looks he looks fine here. If he looks fine here, why in God's name is like is he in Junior against like seventeen? If he just looked
0: lost.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like oh, something's fundamentally wrong we get this, you know. We need him to like go back and learn a few things. Yeah. But he like he looks he looks like an NHL player. He looks like a young NHL yeah, player. Like that's what time. he is.
0: Uh, anyway, so <laughs> we'll see. I mean, if he plays on Carol if he plays against Carolina, it'll be decision time. Uh so we'll know after that, I guess.
1: I wonder if they'll have input from the new coach.
0: Ooh, snap. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine they fire Mike Yo and then they hire? I keep checking
0: my phone just to be like, yeah. maybe it'll happen right now. They fire Mike Yo that it night won't. and then they
1: bring in like Elaine Vigneault and they're like, "Hey, Elaine, Thomas, yeah or nay?" And he's like, "What? I don't know. <laughs> no, he's I'm like, gonna say What?
0: Nay. I don't know because that's what French people sound like." Uh-huh. Uh "Send him
1: back down to juniors. I've never heard of him."
0: It was not great. Uh, or excuse me. I don't know. I was confused. I was distracted. He was trying to get back. Great, great stuff. I was got trying this. to see if Mike Yo had been fired on Twitter, and I got distracted. <laughs> Elaine Vigneault, great person. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So that line started the period. Eric Fair finished the period when he scored, falling to his butt. Who even cares? Five to one. We lose. Game over. Braden Shin also left the game before
1: anything for <laughs>
0: the third period and didn't return maybe that's where Robert Thomas's role opens up I don't want Braden Shen to be hurt but
1: due to mysterious soreness
0: here's the thing here's the other thing about sending down Robert Thomas we have four great sinners but we do not have a fifth <laughs> <center>. <laughs> so I don't know what you do if any of those guys get hurt for any period of time so there you go Adam Musil. Oh, boy. I actually (laughs) like Adam Musil, but that would be something. Um, So we were just destroyed in this game. I don't really buy the proposition that um, we were just dominated by a much better team, which was kind of what the broadcast was trying to say. say. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really buy that at all. I think we just played like crap. And Alex Steen says, I think they outworked us in those areas, made it difficult for us to get in, penetrate them inside, and we didn't have the urgency to get there. And Lou Korak adds, I think that last comment would bother me most if I'm a fan, which is the thing I hate most about journalism now. Lou, you're a fan. You've covered the team for like 7 yeah, billion
1: years. If I was a fan... Uh, especially because he's like a blogger like yeah a he's, come not, on guy. he's not like you're us you're one of us i don't know anyway um i'd agree with he him he still though. has a
0: blog spot
1: yeah oh i know that does bother me though they're like oh we just don't have the urgency how many urgency is slowly turning into looking in the mirror i hear urgency an awful lot are they gonna uh, this is like when they're down 5-1 you're down or when they're down like even 4-1 then they show some urgency, then they're out there skating really hard. You see it like they just learned that there were 15 minutes left and they were down three goals. Like, oh, shit, we got to go. And yeah. it's like, why does it take you that long? Why does it even take you games, a full game to go, man, we got to be more urgent? I, sometimes I think that's just crap. Like
0: No, I, you don't have an answer, and so that's what you say. Yeah. And I think when we, sorry to interrupt you, but I think when Steam was interviewed, for He just fumbled with his words for, like, yeah. two minutes because he didn't have them. Because what do you say? Well, that's
1: what I mean. They, I know they don't really break down. They Sometimes they don't let you into the inner workings of, like, hockey strategy for them. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's what it is. I As much as I don't think the Minnesota Wild dominated the Blues, I think they had a defensive answer to the Blues and keeping them to the outside. And so it always turns out, oh, we just didn't work very hard. And it's like, well, maybe... Uh, I think the players are fine. I'm like, maybe your coach doesn't have a goddamn strategy to get I'm, you to work through this. This really
0: seems to me like a team that isn't being coached. At uh, all. Like no. it all, I I just don't like... The way they answer questions is just like, they're as flabbergasted as we are. And to me, that's coaching. I don't know. Like, this... Mike Yo had his, Mike Yo, Mike, H- Ken Hitchcock, good God, had his issues aplenty, mm-hmm. but this was not one of them. There weren't just long stretches of time where the team didn't try, mm-hmm. didn't try, didn't make an effort for an entire game. Like, what's he saying to him after the second period or after the first period? What, where's the conversation there? When it's three to one and your friggin' job's on the line by your own admission, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's he saying to these people?
1: My job, my, da- <laughs> my, my job, should my be job is
0: on the line by my own admission.
1: <laughs> that it should be in question. Now let's get out there and play. But like,
0: I just don't like. It just doesn't seem like a team that's being coached. Well. Mm-hmm. I think there are other problems. I think Mike Van Ryn is a problem right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know about assistant coaches. They don't seem to be doing anything particularly well. Yeah. Except whoever's coaching the power play. He's turned that (laughs) shit around. But, like, like, I just don't... I don't want to pin it all on the coach. And I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. Maybe they love him. But, like, to me, you get the team motivated to win two games because you have embarrassed yourself repeatedly like that's what it took to get them motivated to win two games and then you're just embarrassing yourself again like i said earlier it wasn't a close game that the wild scraped by in we from start to finish of this game we never looked like we gave a damn Mm -hmm. and i don't know what else to do with that but blame a coach because all of the players don't individually decide, I'm not going to care tonight. Yeah. You know, like, I, it, I'm i not saying no one ever made an effort all game, but like, when the whole team just looks like garbage, Yeah, I don't know who else you blame but the coach. And I don't see why he's still here. I don't. He wasn't good in Minnesota. That's the other thing that bothers me when people kind of defend him, which I do not see much these days, so I'm not trying to call anyone out. But, like, he was a failed coach when we hired him. And then he became the coach in waiting, which was weird. And then we hired him, and he was amazing for half a season. I don't know how much of that was not just... It's not... Ken Hitchcock, our whole careers are revitalized, you know, and Jake Allen playing out of his mind, which might have been Martin Brodeur. I don't know what it was, but he played out of his mind that whole second half of the year, which also might have been, it's not Ken Hitchcock anymore. My (laughs) whole career is revitalized. Since then, he sucked. The team has sucked. They were hot in October last year. Since then, they've sucked. The roster was overhauled this summer. On the front end, the forward group looks completely different. Mm-hmm. You've got Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Tyler Bozak, Patrick Vermeer, Robert Thomas, Zach Sanford,
1: Robbie Fabry. Robbie Fabry.
0: None of those seven guys started a game for the Blues last year. And they all started today. Oscar Sundquist was irrelevant last year. Mm-hmm. Who, was, who else is on the fourth line? I guess Fabry started there, yeah. right?
1: Sashnikov, I mean, hasn't played yet, but he wasn't here for most of the last right. year either. Your Barbasha, defense is
0: the same, yeah. but, like, you've got Vince Dunn, who's growing, Colton is growing, supposedly. I just, there's no other answer. And that's that's the other thing with William Allen. And blaming yo, there's nothing else you can change. If the whole defense is broken, then you're talking about a rebuild.
1: Yeah, then like the the team's screwed up. That if
0: Petrangelo is just like in the shadow realm permanently, then your whole te- your whole team is effed. Yeah, but to find out if that's true, you've got to fix some other stuff first. Mm-hmm. Because Doug Armstrong, to me, did too much this summer. For him to kind of sit by and twiddle his thumbs, and let Mike Yo or Jake Allen sabotage what he built, Mm -hmm. and that's not—it's not fair fair to be like it's their fault, but they're the easiest people to fix. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There, it's one player. You know, there's no other one player that you can switch and like make a sizable impact on your team. I mean you can add a player but then you you know yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying there's no one position elsewhere on the ice that you can switch and change the whole complexion of the team and there's no other personnel person <laughs> that you can switch and make an entire impact on the team I just I don't know what you're waiting for at this point I feel like I've talked a lot so more. I will let you oh, talk
1: <laughs> with more losses it bugs me from Watching them tonight because you watch games that the Blues play in and win or maybe lose and they win a period and then the second period or third period the other team pushes back they make a real hard push and you go know, well that's what happens in that ho- you know and maybe the Blues lose certain games they have this here in the third period you go oh that's what happens the other team pushes you know the other team's a very good team too that all happen in all your hockey games mm-hmm. well here's a perfect example of why the Blues stink because. We were out of it every period. There was no push from the Blues. There was no, this is where we got to hold them and turn it around. Like, guys, we really, you know, that's what I hate when people talk about that push and stuff. And they're like, you know, that's what the other team does. And it's like, you know, not all the time, especially for the Blues. That's not a give, or that's not a given. And that's what bothers me the most watching them is just like from an effort level. And maybe that's part of coaching is because they just don't know what they should be doing out there. But there were so many flubbed passes tonight. There's so many people over skating the puck. And I don't get it because that's not to me that's not the wild imposing themselves on the blues. That's just poor management of like team skills and learning who's where. And you know, we watched they watched the whole sequence again where there are two defensemen in the blue zone patrolling the hole in the puck and we had three forwards all sitting at the opponent's blue line just waiting for it mm-hmm. and there are three wild players between them like you got to move you got to come back something's got you something's got to give you can't that's a five man unit thing and it's so annoying to hear but it's true whenever you watch the blues play well or almost any team play well in screen there's like five players and that's not going to be fancy then because it's not going to be some sweet cross ice pass to like some wide open guy but you're supporting people, you're moving as a team, but for some reason this team doesn't do it. And again, that seems more like coaching. It, it starts out as coaching, it turns into frustration because these players are trying to make big plays to get back in the game. But like to start out like that is not a good look. They were, looked like that when they were just down 2-0. They were mm. already like, oh shit, we got to get that goal. So they're spread apart all of a sudden.
0: We were outshot 45-16. to oh, 16. Yeah. 45 to 16 the wild had 60.2 percent Corsi
1: That's the other thing too about when they're saying the wild like dominate in terms of like a defensive game I, They had did really have a good like a good defensive game a good like neutral zone defense But they weren't like a boring team. They got was that 46 mm. Shots on the Blues net and some of them were 45, really good too. five I think 45. Yeah And they and they knew they knew what the strategy was. It was put everything on net, try and tip as many pucks as you can, and that's what they were doing all night long.
0: They had fourteen. Fourteen high danger chances. They had thirty-two they had seventy percent or excuse me, sixty-three percent of the scoring chances Mm -hmm. at all. I just like you were just completely Completely overwhelmed by this team that is not that good. Like, they're
1: they're like fine.
0: They're fine. They'll be a playoff team. Zach Parise is looking better, which mm. is great. I'm ha- I really am happy for him as a player. But there's not no magic in this team. They're mm-hmm. not the lightning. They're not. You point the Maple Leafs <laughs> yeah. a thousand times, literally one thousand times better than this. And Austin Matthews was healthy for that game. And what's... It's just... I don't know. I We could talk all night about this. But it's just like... What are you doing? what, What is the magic turnaround? Mm. And, and this is the other thing I talk about with Alan and Yo, too. It's like... At this point, what would it take for you to trust either of them again?
1: Well, that's the thing. So, like, if they win... And if they win against Carolina on Tuesday that wins some fans back or "Hey, see they did they responded I'm like no 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 like I'm glad I'm glad they get the victory But that I'm doesn't, just waiting that doesn't, for the other shoe yeah, doesn't teach me jack That's the problem is so people will be like, well, what do you want them to do string together like five six seven wins? Like that's a lot of wins and yeah, I'm like, like yeah. that's what they will have to do to make the playoffs at this point They will have to string together lots of wins in a short amount of time. And people are going, Well, that's gonna be hard to do. Like, well then they will not be in the playoffs. The more they lose like this, the bigger the hill is to climb.
0: And that's the thing, I don't think people realize there is no acceptable outcome for this team that's not a playoff.
1: Yeah, if this is not, we were
0: saying before yeah. the season that a first round playoff exit was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And right now, they are second worst in the conference and worst in their division. They're trailing Anaheim, who has no one. They have John Gibson and nothing. (laughs) They're trailing Vegas, who's down both of its best players, who we just beat, and we're still two points behind them. They're trailing the Coyotes, who are much better. They're trailing (laughs) the Blackhawks, who are 6-6-3. Six, six, I mean, there's not... They oh, are... Yeah. They have fewer points than every team in the NHL. But New Jersey, New York Rangers, Detroit, Florida, and Los Angeles. And we're tied with New Jersey and New York. It's emba- It's embarrassing. And you can't... Do you think anyone else is saying about any of those teams, like, oh, they're fine. They'll just turn it around. The Rangers are in an obvious rebuild. Everybody knew this was coming for the Devils, pretty much, because Mm -hmm. they were just Taylor Hall last year, and if he's not playing like a god, they don't have much. Detroit, everybody knew was going to be awful. Florida is underperforming. Maybe they turn it around, but I bet their coach is on the hot seat, too. Yeah. And Los Angeles is it could fire John Stevens at any second. Yeah. So like I we're, just I just don't get it. I don't get why you have less points than the Ottawa Senators and you're not Yeah in just
1: all out burn it down mode. Well you just said that the Blackhawks were six, six and three, and to me that record if the blues were that, I'd be like, Man, that's like that's a really shitty record. And we're worse than that record. Like six, six and three is like that's nasty, Mm. something. And we're worse than that. We are
0: four, five,
1: and three. Uh,
0: Davis Payne was fired at six and seven. Yeah. Do you know how much better six and seven is than four, five, and three? (laughs) I realize it's technically only one point better, (laughs) but like to me it's a lot better. You're winning basically half your games that
1: way. Yeah, that sounds bad, but at least you had real losses. (laughs) Right. I mean, wait, seriously. Where's the video well, loss. And
0: all of the three were collapses.
1: Yeah, that's why I mean, that's that's like the a other like bigger indictment. It. It's like, ugh. So I think it's like coin flip, depending on the loss, depending on what, maybe the kind of loss or what mood Doug Armstrong's in. If the Blues lose to Carolina about Mike Yeo being fired. <laughs> I feel like every week I make a prediction I'm wrong, but I'll keep doing it. But if they lose to San Jose on Friday, the second game after, this, after tonight, Like, he's going to, he has to be gone, because at that point, what, we'll be four, what are we, were we tonight? You said four, five, and three? Mm Mm-hmm. We'll be four, seven, and three. That's four wins, ten losses. That, like, just hearing that is like, you fire him. Like, you have to.
0: This, this is our longest road trip, home stand of the year. Seven games? We're currently two and two on it. You can't go three and four. You can't no. go four and three to me. Yeah. Which would mean you'd have to win all three remaining games to salvage it and be five and two.
1: Do we know what it is Carolina San Jose and, and Minnesota? Ooh. Oh. A nooner. Maybe you know? that oh an afternoon oh. game against Minnesota
0: next Sunday. Maybe that's the one.
1: Maybe that's it. Maybe you beat one of San Jose and Carolina, <laughs> lose to the other one, and then just get decimated at noon. Against Minnesota, and it's the weird afternoon. Malaise firing. We're like, oh, this will be a weird Sunday. I,
0: I don't, I don't know what you do. I, I, I don't know why he's still here. Like, I would not be shocked if he's fired in the morning. If it's just like, cause Hitchcock wasn't the night of a loss, right? It was the next morning. Yeah, it was the next so,
1: morning. So like,
0: I wouldn't be like, if I pick my phone up, I would be like, okay, this makes <laughs> sense. Like to me, it's just it's just done. It's yeah. just eventually it will happen this season.
1: I, I would be yeah.
0: shocked if either Jake Allen or Mike Yo has their jobs at the end of the season.
1: Oh, I'd be I'd be I would absolutely be flabbergasted, yeah,
0: if either of those things were the reality. So why wait, especially with Mike Yo? What, are you waiting for John Stevens to be fired so you can <laughs> hire him? We've got your son. Go get friggin' Sheldon Keefe and shut up.
1: I would, like, we can talk about that at some point, but I would, like, I kind of want some young blood or new blood oh, or something. I'd, like,
0: Vigneault would be fine. Yeah, that be all like, right. But, like, please hire him as an interim and just wait till the summer. Would if you? he's great, If he's great and he turns the season around, fine. But please don't give that guy some three or four year contract.
1: How would you feel if we Craig Barubied this season? If they fired fine. you and they I just mean said I'd Craig be Berube. kinda
0: grossed, but fine. I would I would prefer that to us like committing long term to I and I, I like Vigno, I think he's fine, yeah. but like I would prefer that and saying we're getting to the off season and making the best choice. That's what I mean, yeah. Uh, that I, I kind of felt that way with the Cardinals, not to talk about them too much, but when they like made Mike Schultz the mm-hmm. full-time manager instead of the interim, I was just like, why? Why would you not just wait? It's probably going to be him. Yeah. But why would you not just wait until all the cards are on the table?
1: Yeah, do not Mike Yola this shit all over again and be like, well, it, we got our coach right away. Like, give it a second.
0: If you, and look, if, if the friggin' Blackhawks fire Joel Quinville and you've hired whoever, Elaine Vigneault, whoever, and he friggin' goes to Detroit or whoever, how stupid will we feel? Like, uh, to me, and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not married to us bringing back Joel Quinville, but like, what if he goes to the wild? Because they're gonna fire Bruce Friedro <laughs> after the season they have to. <laughs> so, what if he goes to the wild? I don't know.
1: I do think we need to fire Mikey know. but I do love all, how much we're like, look, you know who else needs to be fired? John uh, Stevens, they have to. I just
0: don't know at this point. I, I know. I'm all out of words. I'm all yeah. out of love. I'm so lost without you. Aww. Do you have more words to say? Um, no. We have a bit of an odd schedule coming up. Next week, we think we'll be fine. Yeah. It'll only be one game, but it'll be... A fun discussion of Mike Yo.
1: I hope he gets fired because it'll give us a lot. To talk yeah, about. exactly.
0: Uh, and then you are out of town the week after that, yes. correct? You are going to hell on earth in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, I was like, what? Uh, so we will be figuring something out for that week, probably mm-hmm. <laughs> working on that now, um, and then after that. We should be back to normal, so we're sorry we jerked y'all around a couple of weeks, but we'll be back. You're fine. You all will survive.
1: You're fine.
0: Um, Unlike the steam, indeed. And in the meantime, since it is election season, we are going to leave you with oh the campaign attack ad you've all been waiting for. So with. Without further ado, we bid you add you, and this we endorse this message.
1: Mm-hmm. yep Jake
0: Allen is a career goaltender who has gotten fat off the fan's dollar. Michael Russo described Matt Dumba's goal as an awful goal by Jake Allen. St. Louis Game Time says it's hard to find a goaltender with worse numbers than Jake Allen this season. Jake Allen wants you to believe that he can protect your values, but he can't even protect his own net. Jake Allen, good for the Central Division, bad
1: for the Blues. Paid for by Blues fans for better goaltending.